0: Well, it's great to see everybody. My name is Rick Duncan. I'm founding pastor at Cuyahoga Valley Church, and it is a special treat for me to be here with you guys today. I want to thank Pastor Josh for the opportunity to speak and also to thank him really for the focus of this series. The series is called Soul Care, and he's kind of the architect of this series. And what we've been doing is looking at various psalms, Uh, the book of Psalms in the Old Testament, and we're finding some things that can help us take care of our souls. Because, hey, it's been a tough season that we've been in, and our souls have been hurt and wounded, and so what can we do to take care of our souls better? So today we're kind of focusing on the remembering soul. The remembering soul. And so here's the big idea for today. A grateful soul is a healthy soul. A grateful soul is a healthy soul. So uh, one of the best ways to care for your soul is to actually maintain an attitude of gratitude. Blessing the Lord with everything that's in us actually makes us more human. It actually makes us more humane. But way too often, we are whiny people and we complain about what we don't have. Or is that just me? (laughs) one of the biggest disappointments in my life was not making it to the major leagues as a baseball player. And for many years, I let being a washed-up minor league baseball player become too much of a defining moment for my life. And I wondered, you know, why didn't God let me make it to the show? Uh, That's what minor leaguers call the big leagues, the show. Why didn't God let me make it to the show? And that attitude of non-gratitude actually ate away at some of the joy that I could have had in my life. The idea is like my soul was sicker than it needed to be because I was bothered about what I did not get from God. So my soul care wasn't what it could have been. So how about you? Are you caring for your own soul by maintaining an attitude of Gratitude. Because it's easy for us to forget the benefits that we've actually received from the Lord. And when, it, when we do, it cuts into our soul care. But if you want to increase your soul's sense of blessing and joy, then you got to de- develop the, the habit of giving thanks. Because what happens when you learn to give thanks, your joy level will skyrocket no matter what you have or what you don't have. So a grateful soul is a healthy soul. So in this message, we're going to discover five reasons that our soul should be blessing the Lord with everything that's in us. The Lord forgives, the Lord heals, the Lord redeems, He crowns, and He satisfies. Uh, But before we dive into that, I want you to kind of assess your level of gratitude to God right now. So uh, I'm going to have some statements I want you to consider and then give yourself a score on a scale of one to ten. Ten being, yes, that is absolutely me. I'm just kind of like Jesus when it comes to this one. So here's the first statement. I make it a point to regularly, that's the operative word here, regularly give thanks to God for delivering me from the domain of darkness, for forgiving my sin, for saving my soul, transferring me to the kingdom of his son. How are you doing with that? I mean, are you just like thrilled? I can't believe that you would save somebody like me. Second statement. I sometimes physically or mentally go through my home and I say to God, everything in my home, as well as the food in the cupboard and the car in the driveway are gifts from you, so thank you for your gracious and generous provision. How are you doing with that one? Scale of one to ten. Do you ever just say, God, thank you for that couch (laughs) or thank you for that rusty beater in the driveway? And the last statement, I have developed the spiritual ability of quickly giving God thanks when I experience unusual provision from him or a deliverance from a difficult circumstance. So again, give yourself a score, a scale of 1 to 10. Where did you score highest? Where are you doing best? And then where did you score lowest? And, and what does that say to you about your level of genuine gratitude to God? So today, open up your Bibles, fire up your apps. We're going to be in Psalm 103, 103, and I just want to say right now, I'm not going to do this passage justice this morning. Uh, There was a great pastor, C.H. Spurgeon, in England in the 19th century, and, and he said, I don't feel up to the task of explaining this passage. He says, there's too much in this Psalm for a thousand pens to write. But what we'll do is we'll just scratch the surface a little bit today. And I want us to start by noticing who wrote this particular psalm. And uh, it says at the very beginning, of David. So in case you didn't know, David was the ancient king of Israel. Uh, he was a great warrior, but he was also called the, the, the sweet psalmist of Israel. In other words, he wrote a lot of songs, and many of these psalms were put to music And and David wrote this one. And so it starts by saying, bless the Lord O my soul and all that is within me, bless his holy name. So now it might be tempting for us to think, okay, well, that's easy for you to say, David. I mean, you're like a king and you got a court and those people do everything that you want them to do. I mean, you got it made. It's easy for you to bless the Lord. But I want you to think with me about David's life. He experienced a lot of limitations and losses in his life. Uh, I just kind of went through a mental uh, checklist myself about, you know, what David's life was really like. As a little boy, he was underestimated and underappreciated when compared to his brothers. As a young man, he actually had to run for his life because the previous king wanted to pin him to the wall with a spear. He had to actually run to live. His best friend, Jonathan, uh, died in battle Uh, David's first wife despised him. He lived with the guilt and shame of having committed adultery with a woman named Bathsheba and then arranging for the death of her husband who had been a faithful warrior in David's army. Uh, He had to bury a newborn baby. One of his sons actually raped one of his daughters. Another son killed that son for raping his sister, and then that son tried to kick his father off the throne and set himself up as king. I mean, so this is a guy who had gone through a lot of tough stuff in life, and so maybe that's why he's challenging his own soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. And as I think about this, it must be true that you can have a lot of losses in life, a lot of disappointments in life, a lot of darkness in your life, and still you're able to bless the Lord at the same time. How are you doing with that? How am I doing with that? See, got to remember, a grateful soul is a healthy soul. And again, verse 1, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Now, the word bless here is the word barak, and it literally means to kneel, to kneel in worship. It's used in Psalm chapter 95, verse 6. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down, let us kneel, that's the word, before the Lord our God, our maker. So the idea is like I bless the Lord by kneeling before him and by submitting to him, by applauding him, By saluting him, and in this context, as we'll see, by thanking him. What we're doing is we're responding to the goodness of God's love. Now, notice again, he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Now, that's the word for our series, right? Soul care. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Now, the soul is the essence of who you are. You have a mind, you are a soul. You have a heart, you are a soul. You have a spirit, you are a soul. You have a body, you are a soul. So the word soul here refers to your whole person. And the idea is like your soul can be healthy or your soul can be unhealthy. So David here is, is, is telling his soul that which makes him him to bless the Lord. And and the idea is this is part of his plan for his soul care. So now why would David have to tell his soul, bless the Lord? It's because he knows that our souls have a tendency to just kind of go through the motions. Our souls can be um, soulless, right? We can be lukewarm. We can be kind of half-hearted in our attitudes toward God. The idea is like I can honor the Lord with my lips, but my heart is far from him. Like we just sang some great songs here today. And as we were singing, because I knew what I was going to say, I had to challenge myself here. As like, hey, soul, sing. Don't just sing with your mouth. <laughs> sing from the deepest part of who you are. And so the idea here is got to say to your soul, to that deepest part of you that makes you you, Hey soul, guess what? I'm I'm blessing the Lord here. Soul, will you join me? Soul, you going to join me and bless the Lord too? Hey soul, don't make a hypocrite out of me. Come on soul, let's get with it. Let's bless the Lord. And then notice also it says, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. So my mind is going to be engaged, my will's going to be engaged, my emotions are engaged, my spirit, my heart are engaged. So the idea is like, hey. Hey, we're going to, from head to toe, bless the Lord. We're going to thank Him. We're going to applaud Him. We're going to kneel before Him. And we're going to recognize His goodness and His greatness. Why is this so important? It's because the Lord knows that if you will bless Him with everything that is in you, then your soul is going to grow. Your soul going to be more healthy. Because... A grateful soul is a healthy soul. Now, look at verse 2. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. That's why we're calling this message the remembering soul. Don't forget his benefits. Now, why would we be commanded to forget not? And the answer isn't very complicated. It's because we, it's easy for us to forget. We forget what? We forget the benefits that have come to us from God. So the idea is like, I need to remember all of the good things that God has done for me and to bless him for them. So the idea is like, I got to turn up the thermostat on my attitude of gratitude. Because you see, in some places, this blessing the Lord and thanking the Lord, they go hand in hand. They're like synonymous, like in Psalm 100 verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise, be thankful to him and bless his name. Thankfulness, blessing, they go together. So I want you guys to brainstorm with me just a real quick list here, okay? So this is your turn to talk. Uh, Got to talk loudly through these masks next week. We don't have to worry about that, right? So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy about that. That's another thing to bless the Lord about, right? Uh, that we made it through this season. So you guys tell me, what are the benefits of gratitude? What are the benefits when we thank God? What happens? Talk to me. We grow more humble because we recognize, hey, I didn't do this good thing in my life. God did it. What else? We recognize his provision, provision and we give glory to the one that has done all these good things for us. What are some of the other benefits of gratitude? We get grace, praise, praise. We're praising God when we do that, which is why we were made in the first place. What's the purpose of man? To give glory to God. What else? We experience more peace in our lives. Good. Keep going. We actually become more joyful when we express gratitude. Keep going. You can't let the first crowd beat the second crowd, okay? You should be more awake, more alert. Give me two more. Two more benefits of gratitude. Okay, all right. Can you repeat that? Because I couldn't quite hear what you said. No, that's good. She, she knows how to project that voice. That's good. Yeah, I don't need to repeat that. Give me one more. more loving. All right, more loving and more content. I mean, you guys, you guys did good. You caught up with the first crowd. All right, great list. More joy, more love, more contentment, more peace, more a positive attitude. We're praising God. Listen, there are a lot of benefits an attitude of gratitude. And my question is, how many of those benefits am I missing? Because sometimes I'm not giving God the praise I should. A grateful soul is a healthy soul. So let's really quick think about what we should thank God about. And I see five things in this passage. First, never forget that the Lord forgives and thank him for it. Notice it says, bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is in me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, o my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Verse 3, who forgives all your iniquity. I get mad at myself because, you know, I'm a pastor and I kind of handle holy things all the time. And I'm just not stunned by the fact that I'm forgiven like I used to be. And that's a terrible thing. He forgives our iniquity. Iniquity is a depraved action. It comes from a word that means to bend or to twist or to distort. So God says, I want you to live this way. Because this is the loving way to live. And what we do is we bend, twist, distort, and we don't live that way. And so we hurt ourselves and we hurt other people. It's iniquity iniquity. And every iniquity makes my soul just a little bit sicker. And every iniquity makes the souls of people around me just a little bit more sick. So this is why our iniquity is a serious offense in the sight of God. And scripture says, I will visit the iniquity of the father to the children, to the third and fourth fourth generation. But in spite of our iniquity, we have a reason to thank God. Why? He forgives all of our iniquities. In fact, it talks about this later on in the passage. Psalm 103, verse 10. He does not deal with us according to our sins. Is that a good thing? Nor repay us according to our iniquities. I mean, that, that's amen worthy right there. And then verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. I mean, that's an amazing promise. I, w- I was thinking about where we are, you know, and, uh, you know, Center Road, 303, is kind of the east-west road. If you go east on Center Road on 303, I mean, you're going to go through Hankley and Richfield and Peninsula and Hudson and Streetsboro, and it'll finally end up at a place called Wyndham. Now, I've never been there, but that's where it ends. And then if you go west on Center Road... Uh, you're going to go through Valley City, LaGrange, Pittsfield, P- Pittsfield, and it ends at Wakeman. <laughs> so, so think about this. From Wyndham to Wakeman, from east to west, God forgives our transgressions. He removes them from us. And that's a, that's a long way, right? That's like 80 miles. It's like, well, I can't believe God would give me 80 miles worth of forgiveness. that's not really true because think about it you can go east and east and east and east and east and you'll never start coming west and you can go west and west and west and west and west and you'll never start coming east when God says I forgive your, I remove your transgressions from you as far as east is from west he's talking about infinity Infinity, that's the level of forgiveness that we've received. When Jesus hung on the cross 2,000 years ago, he paid for all of your sins, past ones, present ones, future ones. And he hung there on the cross and he goes, it is finished. He took the wrath on himself that I should have taken, that you should have taken. The remembering soul never forgets that the Lord forgives And we try to say, oh, my soul, thank the Lord for this. Quit being complacent and lukewarm and forgetful about it. And maybe you came here today and you had a really rough week when it came to iniquities this week. You twisted and distorted God's plan for your life. Maybe you said some things to a friend or to a family member that you wish you could take back. Or maybe you had an opportunity to bless somebody and you just go, nah, not not this week, not today. Or maybe you looked at something or you went somewhere that you shouldn't have. Or maybe you ate more or you bought more than you should have. And, and, And bottom line is like you built kind of a friendship with some iniquity this past week. And maybe God brought you here today just to remind you, hey, that is forgiven already. Because I've forgiven all of your iniquity. And I want to awaken your gratitude because a grateful soul is a healthy soul. Never forget the Lord forgives. Never forget that the Lord heals. Notice what it says in verse 3. Who heals all your diseases. Now, Let's keep our thinking caps on. We know that not all believers who get sick get well. Some believers get sick and die. Followers of Jesus that get cancer sometimes are not healed. My dad and brother died with cancer. Not all COVID cases end well. Some believers have chronic illnesses like arthritis and psoriasis and high blood pressure and MS and the list goes on. So, so what do we do with when something that says, you know, who heals all your diseases? What do you do with that? I mean, do you kind of spiritualize it? And you say, well, it must not be talking about physical healing. It's only talking about spiritual healing. Well, as I study this passage, I'm going, I don't think that that really does justice to this text. So I got two things to say. First, don't oversell this truth. Because this truth is going to be fulfilled by Jesus someday when in the new heaven and in the new earth, in the life to come. So this promise is not an overstatement because he will heal all diseases one day in the life to come. So my brother, my dad have experienced a healing that they didn't get on this earth. But I would also say not only don't oversell this truth, don't undersell it. Because God does heal. And the healing that comes to us comes to us from God So I think we should be looking for healing, asking for healing, and thanking God when He gives it while remembering that in some cases, you know, the final healing is going to be in the life to come. Now, I've often thought if we could really see what's happening inside these bodies of ours, we would see that the Lord has protected us time and time and time again from uh, viruses and cancers and bacteria and infections. I mean, what if somewhere in your body just this past week, There was something haywire happening, and maybe some cancer was forming. These little cells were kind of mutating, and God goes, nope, not now, not yet. Not for him, not for her. I'm going to heal it right here, right now. He won't even know it. She won't even know it. I mean, don't you think that's that's kind of like God? Why would he do something like that? If you skip down to verse 13, you can see, for he knows our frame, and he remembers that we're dust. And because we're just dust, God graciously heals our diseases. And maybe you came here today, and quite frankly, you've been disappointed with God. And maybe just a little ticked at God. You're thinking, you know, what have you done for me lately? And maybe God brought you here today to remind you that he's a healer and that time and time and time again, he's helped your body fight disease after disease after disease. And he has actually prolonged your life in miraculous ways without you even knowing it. And he wants to awaken your gratitude because a grateful soul is a healthy soul. Never forget the Lord Forgives, never forget the Lord heals, and never forget that the Lord redeems. Redeems. Notice what it says in verse 4. Who redeems your life from the pit. Now, what's the pit? Now we know it doesn't sound good, but what is that? The word in the Hebrew it means corruption or destruction. Uh, It's talking about the Death and the grave. Um, It's used in Psalm 16, verse 10, For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your Holy One see corruption. And that's the word, pit. So what we deserve for all of our iniquities, for all of our sinning, is death. It's the grave. It's the pit. It's destruction. The Bible says the wages of sin, what I earn for my sin... What you earn for yours is death, separation from God, the pit. That's what we got coming. And that's bad news because later in Psalm 103, we see how fast life goes by. Verse 15, as for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like the flower of the field. So for a little while, you know, things are looking good. And then you, you know, turn into like a 67-year-old like me. You flourish like a flower in the field for a while, but the wind then passes over it and it's gone. And its place knows it no more. And once life is over, if you don't know Jesus, we're doomed for the pit, for hell, for destruction. And that's really bad news because life is short. But the Lord has provided a way for us to have life. How? He redeems us from the pit now this word redeem it means to buy out if somebody was a slave back in biblical days they could be purchased they could be redeemed and then set free and the idea here is biblically we are slaves of sin and death and the grave and Jesus has redeemed us he bought us and it's interesting, it says in 1 Peter 1, He bought us not with silver and gold, but with His precious blood. The blood of a lamb, unblemished and spotless. Apart from Christ, the pit's coming. But the Lord redeems us because He loves us. You can see that in Psalm 103, verse 17. But the steadfast love is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear Him and His righteousness to His children's children. So I can bless the Lord because He's redeemed my life from the pit. Never forget the Lord forgives, He heals, He redeems, and He crowns. He crowns. It says in verse 4 that He crowns us with steadfast love and mercy. So the Lord treats us, His creatures, His rebellious citizens, uh, His subjects, His servants, He treats us like kings and queens. I mean, the word crowns here could be translated surrounds. It's like a crown surrounding a ruler's head. The idea is that like he surrounds us with his steadfast love and mercy. And you could see this in other places like verse 8. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Like he's not stingy. He's not holding out on you. And then verse 11, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. Now, when I think about steadfast love, I just have to admit, sometimes the way things are going in my life, it doesn't feel like I'm always on the receiving end of steadfast love. Sometimes our lives feel like they're disappointing, and our lives are filled with limitations and losses. And that can make us question the Lord's steadfast love. I mean, think about it. After all these years, I'm still single. Not me. I got a bride. She's working in the nursery. But some of you, after all these years, you're still single. Or maybe you're here and you know the heartache of infertility. Or or every time you see somebody who is the age that your aborted child would have been, You feel sick inside. Or divorce has devastated your dreams. Or maybe you frankly have suffered some kind of abuse at the hands of a troubled or twisted family member or friend. Or maybe you've never been able to find a career that could provide for you or provide for your family like you really hoped. Or you think, you know, I'm, Deep down inside, I've always felt like I'm just kind of a disappointment to my family or my colleagues. Maybe I'm a disappointment to myself. Or maybe some disease took away somebody that you really love too soon. We all go through that, right? And it feels like, where's the steadfast love? Be honest about all of that. Because your life has been filled with limitations and losses. And, and after all those things happen and you're disappointed, you should say, ouch to God. The Psalms give us permission to say, this doesn't feel good, Lord. Yet the Spirit of God through David is teaching us that the great souls, the healthy souls, even in the midst of their disappointments and losses, still find reasons and still find ways To say thank you to God. Because I'm not only seeing my limitations and losses. I'm seeing my advantages and my additions as well. Because God does surround me with steadfast love. And he works all things together. The limitations and losses. The advantages and the additions. He works it all together for good. Never forget that the Lord forgives, heals, redeems, crowns, and satisfies. That's in verse 5. He satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Now, to satisfy is to fill, it's to enrich. and, And God gives us good things that are pleasant and agreeable and beneficial. And then he says... Bless the Lord with a grateful heart, and your youth will be renewed like the eagles. Like when an eagle is just kind of soaring and playing in the wind, you will get that kind of energy and power and youth from God. And when I read that, I'm going, you know, as be 68 in a couple of weeks here. I'm like going, okay, give me a dose of that youth renewed like the eagle thing here. I want some of that. How does this happen? Well, if we will receive the good things that we have from God and we have gratitude and we're going to bless the Lord then it's like you're, I'm kind of wide-eyed and I'm enjoying life with a childlike wonder. Like, I can't, like this is the first time I've ever tasted that. This is the first time I've ever seen that. This is the first time I've ever experienced that. That's the idea here. See, some recent studies have revealed that practicing gratitude, okay, if you will discipline yourself to have the habit of gratitude, here's what happens. You will lower cortisol which is the stress hormone, bad for you. And you will increase serotonin, which is the happy hormone. That's good for you. Practicing gratitude, science says, will improve your immune function. It will lower your blood pressure and it will facilitate sleep. I mean, even the secular people recognize The power of gratitude. Why would the Lord want to do that for us? Because He's our loving Father. He loves to give good things. Look at Psalm 103, verse 13. As a father shows compassion to his children, this is a good dad, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear Him. Think about it. The Lord's given us these amazing things that we've already talked about. Forgiveness, redemption. Those are intangible things. But on top of all of that, He gives us the clothes on our back, he gives us gas to put in the car. He gives us the roof over our heads. He gives us the furnishing in our homes. He's given us the breath in our lungs. He's given us specialty select vanilla ice cream at Aldi. I mean, if you ever know what to give me, I'll take that, okay? Not too much, though. He's given us so many things to enjoy. The... the. The remembering soul never forgets that the Lord satisfies. He satisfies us with good things. And a grateful soul becomes a healthy soul. No wonder we should be calling out our souls. Hey, I'm blessing the Lord's soul. you going to join me with this? Are you going to bless the Lord too? That's why we got to call out our souls to bless the Lord. And maybe you're here today and you're thinking, man, my attitude of gratitude has been terrible. And you know, you talked about the Lord forgiving us of all of our sins, past, present, future. I'm not sure my sins are forgiven. And you've talked about how He redeems our souls from the pit. I'm not sure that I'm really headed to heaven. I don't know that I know that I'm going to heaven. And maybe you've never really become a child of God. And maybe today is your day. You don't have to bow your heads. You don't have to close your eyes. You don't have to come forward. But you can whisper a prayer to God And it might be like this. Dear Lord God, you are incredibly generous. Yet I have failed to give you the thanks that you deserve. And my soul is sick. And I need your forgiveness. Thank you for sending the greatest gift of all, Jesus Christ. He died on a cross so I could be forgiven. He rose from the grave to give me new life. So I now turn from my sin and I receive Jesus as Savior and Lord. So heal my soul. Make me whole. Thank you for forgiving and healing and redeeming and crowning and satisfying. Amen. Now, there's no magic prayer. These aren't magic words. But if that expresses the desire of your heart, the attitude of your heart, the posture of your heart, then I just want you to encourage you to let, let us know. Let Josh know. Let Lauren know. And you can text the word Jesus to this number, 440 276 Five five seven five. Just let the team here know what God's doing in your heart. Now, before we wrap up, I just want to give you a few ideas about habits that you could build into your own life that can help you with your soul care. Here's the first one. Uh, how about keep a gratitude to God journal? Second, people talk about a gratitude journal. I'm calling it the gratitude to God journal because we know who we're thanking. And what if you, every day you get up and you say, I'm just going to write down three things that I'm grateful for this morning. And when you go to sleep at night, you say, I'm going to just write down three more things that I'm grateful for that happened this day. What a great way to start your day and end your day. And all these benefits that we talked about, increased joy and contentment and <laughs> an increase in serotonin and a decrease in cortisol. All of these benefits that we talked about can grow in your life. What if you just added that little practice to your life? How about this one? Practice ACTS praying, ACTS praying. And that's an old school formula for prayer. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. A, adoration, God I love you for. C, confession, God I'm sorry for. And here's the heart of it. T, God, I thank you for. And S is supplication. It's a big fancy word for asking God for stuff. God, would you give me, please do this for me. And what if when you prayed, just thanksgiving is a very important part of every single prayer. What if at mealtime, everybody shared something that you're grateful for, for that day? I mean, we do that like at Thanksgiving a lot of times. Well, why not just make it routine, part of your life? What if you could actually develop a culture of gratitude in your home, in your marriage, in your family, with your kids? What if we had an attitude of gratitude in our church, a culture of gratitude? And then how about this one? Thank someone, God, and then someone for something every day. I mean, what if you just said, hey, I'm I'm just going to make thanking this person And thanking God for that person, part of my M.O. in life. And you could probably think of more things, too, than just these. What habits, literal habits and skills and disciplines can you develop to increase gratitude in your life? Why? Because a grateful soul is a healthy soul. It's part of God's plan to help us care. For our souls. I said earlier that one of the biggest disappointments in my life was not making it to the major leagues of baseball. And um, my soul was sicker than necessary because I was bothered by what I didn't get from God. You didn't let me make it to the show. But somehow God helped me flip a switch. And I realized: wait a minute, my baseball playing actually earned me a college scholarship to Vanderbilt University. While at Vanderbilt, I went on a missionary baseball team to Central America, Nicaragua, Guatemala, Honduras, and I roomed with a guy named Al Baker who played baseball at the University of Alabama. And when we came back to the States, Al Baker introduced me to this co-ed from the University of Alabama named Mary Ann, who later became my wife. We've had three great sons. Uh, We've got two grandsons and uh, God used us to help start Cuyahoga Valley Church. And now we've got a campus in Brunswick. We've started other churches in Northeast Ohio and some churches around the world. Uh, listen, why focus on what God through baseball did not give me when I could focus on what God through baseball did give me? Amen. Why not thank the Lord and watch my soul grow? What about you? Can you start thanking God for what He has done instead of whining about what He hasn't? We used to sing about gratitude. Um, When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed. And when... You are discouraged, thinking all is lost. Count your many blessings. Name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Are you ever burdened with a load of care? Does the cross seem heavy that you're called to bear? Count your many blessings, and every doubt will fly, and you will keep singing as the days go by. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. And that's the way to care for your soul. Lord God, I pray that you would give us a remembering soul. A soul that does not forget all of your benefits. And a soul that is just filled with gratitude. Thanking you over and over and over again. For the good things that you've done for us. So God, would you bless us and help us with this? We need your grace. We want our souls to grow. We want our souls to be healthy. In Jesus' name, amen. On the back table, you'll find a cup and you'll find a wafer inside. We get to celebrate for the very first time here at this Brunswick campus, the Lord's Supper. It's an opportunity for us to remember why we're forgiven and why we're redeemed and why the pit or corruption or the grave is not in the future for us. So we're going to sing. We're going to give you a time to reflect. And then you're going if, to, if you feel comfortable, head back to that back table. Um, to pick up a cup. And then I want you to bring it back to your seat and then hold it in your hand and then we will eat and we will drink together. It's important to remember that we do this in a way that's worthy of the Lord and what He's done for us. Let me just read to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. I received from the Lord... For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. So a man must examine himself, and in so doing, he is to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. So it's an opportunity for us. I mean, the Lord's Supper is for sinful people. It's not for people that pretend that they're okay when they're not. We're all guilty of iniquity and sin and transgression. The Lord's Supper is an invitation for sinful people to come and to remember what Christ has done in giving His body to be broken and shedding His blood so we could be forgiven. But it's also an opportunity for us to repent of those sins to come to God with a broken heart and a bended knee and saying, Lord, um, I'm sorry. Lord, please forgive. Lord, I'm renewing my commitment to you. And if we just partake and we don't think about that and we don't pray, then we're partaking in an unworthy manner and we're incurring judgment on our own lives. So this is an opportunity for you to participate But it's also an opportunity for you to do some soul searching and to say, oh Lord, here I come again, a sinful person, renewing my commitment, repenting of my sin, wanting to live for you anew and afresh. So as the team plays and sings, as you feel led by the Spirit, head back, Pick up a cup, hold it in your hand, and then we'll eat and celebrate together.